Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Today I have with me Cameron Knox, the CEO of Alum Energy. Now let me tell you a little bit about Alum straight up. Alum is a startup bringing affordable solar to apartment residents. They have a unique electrical distribution technology that allows residents in an apartment block to share a single array of solar on their common roof. Now, participants only pay for the power that they use from the panels rather than paying for the panels themselves, which means they get access to cheap and clean energy for no upfront cost. Sounds like a pretty good deal. To tell us more, I am delighted to welcome Cameron Knox, the CEO of Alum Energy. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Now, we first met Cameron a little bit earlier this year, 2017, when we both attended the Deakin University Conference, a room full of strata academics, and you very bravely stood up and told us all about what Alum is doing when it comes to solar energy in this space. And that's something I want to get into in a little bit of detail for our listeners, because I think it's a really valuable asset for strata buildings to have in place. But I'll ask you first to tell us why energy usage is such a critical issue for people living in strata. Well, I think the principal reason for that is it's expensive and it's getting more expensive. Um, Its electricity prices have gone up by more than two times over the past 10 years. So it's really becoming a, a problem for strata communities where they have to pay not only their own their own fees if they're living in the building, but also the, the common fees of the of the common property. And that really is starting to stack up and and have a, a serious impact on these strata fees that are being paid. So it's becoming as much a, a financial issue as an environmental one, which is great because it means that it's it's pushing those developments forward. Yeah, and I certainly see in my experience as a strata lawyer where buildings are wanting to reduce their expenditure. They are looking, first of all, at those huge electricity bills. Uh, Often it's the water bill as well that's creeping up. And they're saying, okay, what are the things that we can implement in our building to reduce that bill? Because it's a huge chunk of the annual budget, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. It's in the many thousands for a lot of apartment buildings, which is really significant. Yeah. So what do you think a good energy policy or energy strategy looks like for a strata building? Well, I think it all starts with, as you said, understanding where we can save energy and where we can save money. Mm. So it's really about that education of, all right, how much energy are we using in in each aspect of this property? Um, So it starts with things like energy audits, understanding your lighting, what you've got there, um, you've got heat pumps, your ventilation, just your packets of energy that are, you're using, mm. when you're using them and how much they're using and how much they're costing you. So as soon as you do that, then you have a far clearer understanding of what's the best way forward for us to save money quickly. 
mm. what's going to be the best return for us and, and lower these costs in the most effective way. So I think the first step in any of this process is to really get a better understanding of, of what's going on. And typically in, in strata communities, it's difficult to get people engaged in this, even in the owner's corporation or the, the body corporate. It's, it's a challenge for them to just even look at the electricity bill and understand the different subsets of it. So the first step is really to look into that and to make sure that you have a, a more detailed understanding of why you're paying so much for this. Mm. And is that a relatively simple process when it comes to measuring how much energy you're using? Is that what we look, we just look at the bills? Is there some monitoring or equipment that needs to be installed to do that monitoring? How does that work in practice when we say, okay, let's take this first step? So it depends how detailed you want to go. The first step obviously is, is the electricity bill. A lot of them, well, they, they do vary in their detail. A lot of them tell you whether the specific packets of energy are coming from, so whether they're going to your lighting, whether they're going to your heating, for example. Yep. Some of them don't, but you, you also want to look at the rate on that electricity bill. So if you're paying a really high rate, then perhaps you want to look at negotiating that down or changing providers. Yep. If you want to get more detailed, there are companies that, that can help you do that. So... For example, there's a company called WattBlock where you can just do this for free. You can upload a bit of information and they can generate a report for you. And I think that's, just for our listeners, I think that's WattBlock, W-A-T-T, Block. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yes. So they're a nice company for a first step into understanding how this works and, um, and where your electricity consumption is coming from. Okay, so once we've done that exercise and we have an idea of how much we're using and we've decided that we are absolutely disgusted, we're using way too much and paying too much, what's our next step looking for solutions for that problem? Well, it depends what your problem is. If your problem's with lighting, then you might go to a, an energy efficiency firm that, that specialises in your lighting and, and get some quotes from them. If it's with ventilation, then you can look into other firms that are more specialised in that. There are bigger corporations that do everything, um, which is great. So you can, I think the next step really is, is putting out a tendering process to say, okay, this is the problems we want solved. Who can do it for the cheapest and who can do it with the best technology essentially, which is which is another difficult aspect of, of understanding is, okay, well, these guys are doing it very cheap, but is this quality enough technology? So a bit of that is looking at the accreditations of it, looking where it's sourced. Yep. Um, and I think to really help with that. But yeah, it's, the next step is really to get quotes and get an understanding of how much is, this is going to cost is, is probably the first step. Okay. And this is where the option of solar, I imagine, starts coming to mind for buildings. How can we use solar to get a better outcome for everyone, not only financially but environmentally? So they come to a company like yours, Cameron, and what are they looking at? What are they talking about? And what are you suggesting to them? Well, the big problem with strata communities and solar has been, although they can install the solar system to cover some of their daytime common power, so your your common lighting and your common heating, no one's figured out a way that you can do this for the residents. Mm, within their lots. Exactly, within their lots. And by doing that, you really make it engaging for the whole community. Everyone's involved. It's their power. So when they switch on the kettle at home, they're getting solar power, which is exciting for them and it's an opportunity for them to to save money themselves and take more control of their electricity usage. Um, now, there's been various 
technological challenges which have made mm -hmm. solar to residents really impossible before this. You could install your own solar system each, but there's a lot of problems with that and it's not financially effective for, for each person to do that mm -hmm. because there is added complexities in, a, in an apartment block. So what we do is we have a, a specific technology which essentially allows for that um, easily. So you can have one single solar system, it can send power both to your common power mm. and then to anyone in the building who wants access to it. So not everyone has to sign up, but everyone has the opportunity to. And the way that that works, as you mentioned in your introduction, both the common, so both the owner's corporation and the, the residents, they pay nothing for the solar to be installed, but they just pay for the power that they're using from that system, about 30% less than their retail electricity. So the result of that is you're saving money from day one, and it doesn't matter if you move away in two years or a year even, you don't have this large investment that hasn't been paid off and then you have to wait five or six or eight years to pay off. Yep. So it's just an easier way to get this implemented and to start, one, being environmentally friendly and two, saving money quickly without a big investment from either yourselves or the owners corporation. Yeah, it's a really interesting setup that you've got there. And I had the benefit of listening to you for about 45 minutes or so at Deakin and got this in quite a bit of detail, which I appreciate our listeners aren't necessarily going to get today, but no doubt there's more info on your website. You're right that buildings have struggled for a long time with this concept of solar. Sure, we can have solar panels on the roof and those solar panels will then assist in powering our common areas. But what about lot owners who want to take advantage of that? And I think this is an excellent opportunity for buildings and lot owners to explore that if it's something that they've been thinking about and thinking is impossible because apparently it's not anymore, which is Excellent. And the opt-in, sort of opt-in, opt-out, can you tell us a bit more about that? If not every lot owner wants to sign up, you've said that they don't have to. How does that work in practice? So exactly, we want to make it flexible for everyone. So if there are people that, that don't want to be a part of it, that's okay, they don't have to be. Obviously, the more the merrier with this kind of model. Um, so essentially, when we decide that we're, we're doing a project on your building or, or you decide you want us to do a project on your building, then mm -hmm. we survey everyone and we register as many people as we can or as are interested, um, and then we go ahead with, with that number. Um, there is a minimum threshold on that number, but typically it's, it's fairly low. But once they're signed up, that solar infrastructure is part of that property. But what that means is... If you move out or if you're a tenant and you move out, the incoming tenant is just reconnected to that solar. Um, similarly to if you had gas connected to your building, for example, and a, a new tenant came in, they would just take up that gas bill, essentially. Um, so it's, it's the same kind of service as that, except it's green, it's environmentally friendly, and more importantly, it's, it's cheap. Um, so they're saving money by buying this solar that's locally generated. Yep. And in terms of the cost of the panels themselves, you guys are essentially financing those and there's a repayment period. How does that work with the infrastructure costs? Yeah, so we, we handle all of that. So we obviously pay for the panels and pay for all the, the technology that's involved in the installation of that. Yep. And then by selling you the power, we eventually do recoup that cost. The reason we set it up in that way that we're taking that investment is... It makes it easier for the apartment resident. So if the apartment resident has to 
invest that amount and then they recoup the cost through savings, then they have to be around in that apartment for, for say, six or eight years, which is typically not common. Mm. Well, it, the average apartment residence stays around for about four years. So it means that it's it's more difficult for them to access this and to, to financially make it beneficial for them. So we take on control of that, that financial risk, and then we just sell you the power as if we're a, an energy retailer that just sits on your roof and just sells you cheap power. Mm. Sounds good. So have you got some buildings that have signed up and are underway with this new system and how are they going? Yeah, so we had our first building in Fitzroy here down in Melbourne. We're based in Melbourne. Uh, we installed a technical trial in late November last year. So they've been a building that have been really going through this process of taking control of their, their energy usage. They they went through it in a sort of staged way, which is quite a good way of doing it. So first they had this energy audit, they understood where their energy was being used and then they, they installed lighting and they um, put timers on their ventilation, things like this. Mm-hmm which really improved their, their usage. And then the next step for them was to install solar on their common property. Mm. And then they had a couple of years where they were really stumped by this problem of trying to extend that solar to the residents. They tried something called an embedded network, um, which they found was infeasibly expensive. And then they heard about what we were developing. And as a result, we worked together and we implemented it for the first time at this site. Um, and that was a great success. So we we finished that technical trial and now we're rolling it out over there in time 92 unit, which is really exciting for us. Excellent. So you are in Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland as well? Yeah, so we're yeah operating in all those states. We're based in, in Victoria, but absolutely our service is really a, a nationwide service. So we're happy to take any projects in the in that national electricity market. Okay, good to know. Now, let's talk a little bit about problems. We're all about uh, identifying and overcoming problems here on this show. (laughs) Uh, What are the problems that you've come across, Cameron, when it comes to buildings and their energy usage and how are they overcoming those? Well, I think as we've mentioned a bit before, it's really all about trying to get people to care about their energy usage, not so much in the what we've experienced with solar because People seem to be very excited about solar because it's a it's an exciting technology. But more things like changing your light bulbs, uh, the boring stuff, changing your ventilation, your HVAC systems, your, your heating, your your lifts, these kind of things, which aren't on face value all that exciting. Um, and to make it exciting for the residents and to make it exciting for the the body corporate, you really have to make it very financially compelling. So you have to to really explain well why this is going to save you a lot of money uh, and how much you're really paying for this now. And that that tends to engage people a lot more effectively. And perhaps what we could be doing with all the money that we've saved. Maybe we could do a a beautiful uh, swimming pool or a balcony refurb. You can all have a lovely new glass balcony. So that's getting into the more exciting stuff perhaps where if we can save on the boring old energy usage, then we can upgrade and add value elsewhere. Absolutely. Great idea. (laughs) All right. So no doubt we have some listeners today, Cameron, who are really interested and excited about exploring this some more. What would you suggest their first action steps be to get moving on this idea of implementing solar in their building? 
Well, first step would be to contact us. So the best place to contact us would be at info at alumenergy.com.au. Yep, and that's Alum is A-L-L-U-M-E. Yes, exactly. And from there they can, they can talk to me and we can discuss what their apartment looks like, whether we can uh, find a, an appropriate solution for them and I'll give you some more information and, and we can go from there and, and start that engagement process. But, yeah, it's, it's really all you have to do is reach out and we'll do the rest for you. Awesome. Now, do you have on your website, which I'll put a link to in the show notes as well as to that email address, have you got some more detailed information about the technological side of this and how it works? I remember when you presented at the Deakin conference, you had some really great diagrams and graphs. Is there some way our listeners can get their hands on those? Yeah, absolutely. So they're available on our website to some extent. There's some some technological details there. Yep. Um, but if again, if they want to reach out to me or or Loom Energy in general, then we're happy to provide the information that they require on that, some, some data sheets and these kind of things. Awesome. Okay, everybody gets this question when they come on the show, Cameron. What books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I can't say that I've read many books on strata communities and solar in general. It's not. <laughs> or a if you huge... did, they might not have had a huge impact on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There are some great um, papers on it. Sort of researchers like Mike Roberts have done a lot of great work into sort of solar opportunities in, in apartment blocks and what the barriers have been and what the solutions could be. Um, so I'd recommend reading them if you're really interested in this topic in particular. For me, in terms of what we do, we're a startup, obviously, so we have that kind of mentality and those kind of challenges and those kind of processes. So I've read some books which have really helped us grow and develop into what we are now, books like The Hard Thing About Hard Things, which is really all about the challenges that you face and how to overcome them in the most effective way and that not everything is uh, rose-tinted and you have to tackle these challenges quite often, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty relatable in the, in the startup space in general. Mm. And then other other books about startups like Lean Startup, for example, is really good for understanding um, how you can move forward and how you can make these products impactful um, and get them out there as, as easily as possible. So those kind of books have been really useful for me personally mm. to build what we, what we have now. In terms of solar on apartment blocks, I'd recommend the research papers. <laughs> I don't know any novels or any feature-length book that really focus on that. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thanks for sharing those, Cameron. Now, I was going to ask you how our listeners can get in touch with you, but I think you have helpfully given us that information. It's info at alumenergy.com.au and your website is alumenergy.com.au. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Oh, well, it's really exciting that people are starting to get excited by this kind of um, development and we really want to support people to take control of that and really go green and go cheap so looking forward to hearing from both yourself and and any of your listeners in the future excellent thanks so much for your time today cameron thanks amanda Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. 
You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? Thank you.